0: Welcome to the podcast of Bethel Mennonite Church in Gladys, Virginia. Today's message was originally preached September 4th, 2011 by Gerald Schrock and is entitled, Who Am I? Who is God? by Grace. I wish to greet each one of you in Jesus' name this morning. Our God is love, isn't He? It was only that that... Brought him about to create man. He knew what man would do. He knew that man would reject him, would fall, would turn away from him, rebel. And yet, and he, and he knew what it would take to bring man, man back to himself. And yet he did that. He, he created man. Like we read about in our Sunday school lesson this morning, he created the world, all these beautiful things for man to enjoy or I'm not sure if we read about that this morning, but we will be looking at it in Genesis. I'd like to look at that a bit more this morning. And I've titled the message, Who Am I? Who is God? By God's grace. Who am I? Who is God? By God's grace. And I'll be looking at uh, Romans chapter 3. This is somewhat a continuation of, of uh, my study through Romans, what I've been sharing. I'd like to look at verse 29 of, of Romans 2, first of all. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Now, this isn't a new concept that Paul was bringing forth to the Jews here, or to the Romans, or to the Gentiles. It's not a new concept. Jeremiah and Isaiah both spoke of this, uh, lamented about how that they bring the Jewish people bring offerings, but uh, they don't bring true worship to God. And I think it's Jeremiah specifically that says this: this people is circumcised in the flesh, but not of the heart. So these, what Paul is saying here is he's a Jew, he's a child of Abraham, a child of promise, whose circumcision is not of the heart but of the spirit, I mean not of the flesh but of the spirit, whose uh, circumcision is the one inwardly, who has given himself to God inwardly, not in the letter, not in tithing the bit of common and whatever other uh, herbs and spices and money. And making sure they didn't do more than a, you know, what the Sabbath day journey was. Those things all had their important, uh, their different levels of importance in Jewish uh, worship. But here, Paul is saying that's not the really important thing. It's those that are circumcised of the Spirit in the heart, not of the letter, whose praise is not of men but of God. So then verse, in chapter 3, the question then comes up, then, then what, advantage, what advantage then hath the Jew? So, so for what reason is it good that I've been born Jew? Or we can make it even closer to that. What reason is it good I've been born in, in Christian homes, Christian circles, and in conservative Mennonite circles maybe? Or wherever we've been born, if we've been given, uh, taught about god or what profit is there of a circumcision paul answers much in every way chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of god or were committed the statutes of god were committed the commandments of god for what if some do not believe shall their unbelief make the faith of god without without effect god forbid yea let god be true but every man a liar as it is written that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. So, talking about God here, every man's a liar. God is true. I believe that. I believe the Genesis account, just like it's written. Sure, you know, if you would really want to get intellectual, you could find some conflicts there. But, as you look at it in its wholeness, in its purity, uh, we can look at it and say, yes, you know, the creation took place in a short amount of time. And like probably all of us had discussed this morning, the different facets of creation and and how faith plays into it. I believe it, and I I trust you do too this morning, that when God says it, it's true. It's it's without uh, question. So it says, God forbid, let God be true, but every man a liar. So just because the Jews didn't believe, just because there's some of Israel that didn't didn't believe, doesn't make God untrue. But if our right unrighteousness commend the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unrighteous who taketh vengeance? I speak as a man. God forbid, for then how shall God judge the world? So if my unrighteousness exemplify or lift up, exalt the righteousness of God, then does, you know, if if God then takes if, if God is exalted by my unrighteousness, and, and the argument there, I believe, is that um, if, if my unrighteousness shows how, how perfect is God and shows how, how the beauty of, of God's ways, uh, then, then why should I be judged? Because, I, because I'm uh, actually you know, showing up how good God is. I think it's what they were saying here or the argument was, and, and, and Paul says, God forbid, then how shall God judge the world? For if the truth of God hath more bounded through my law into his glory, why am I yet also judged a sinner? He's bringing this same argument back again. And not rather, as we slander- slanderously report, and as some affirm that we say, let us do evil that good may come. And then Paul makes very clear his position, whose damnation is just. In other words,